What Big 12 news broke the internet? Or maybe didn't break the internet, but still, it's Big 12 news! You love the announcement of the announcement, Jerome. It's my favorite thing. This is BYU Sports News. Please do this more. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. Here, Nelson throws it right into the arms of the, the defender on that one, Kelly Pinga. I think we're bigger and more talented on both sides, honestly. We're deeper than we've ever been. I just think we're bigger and we're strong. It feels uh, like I never left. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Dave McCann. We've discussed rash assumptions. We heard from Kalani Satake. We heard from Jay Hill, Ben Bywater, Keaton Slovis. We're all feeling good. You know what we should do? We should listen to Kelly Papinga as well. Yeah. That guy's fired up. One of the old guys, but in a way he's a new guy now because he comes back from Boise State after a tour of Virginia and a few other stops, Dave. Kelly Papinga is back at BYU to coach the defensive ends, and he is the special teams coordinator. I spoke with him recently at BYU Photo Day to get an inside track on what the defensive line and the edge rushers specifically look like after BYU really just couldn't create much chaos. Here's my one-on-one interview with Kelly Papinga. Kelly, we are a little more than a week into fall camp, and I know it's tough to assess like how much a team has improved in those eight or nine days or whatever it is to this point, but where have you seen this team take a step in the direction that you want them to go thus far? Yeah, I think just the little things that Coach Hill's always talked about, I think our our techniques and fundamentals are better than what they were in the spring. Our effort's better. Um, I just think you know we're more disciplined, even though we have room on all these to still continue to grow. Um, Efforts getting better, uh, the physicality of the team. You know, I think the offense has always uh, had that, uh, you know, that physicality, be able to run the ball, um, and the defense has in the past too as well. I'm just comparing it to the spring now, where I think we've taken steps forward to being able to be, just you know, in general, a more violent, physical, disciplined football team. You're specifically coaching the edge on the defensive line. Not that you don't know linebackers well. You played it at a high level at BYU, but you've been assigned by Jay Hill to coach the edge rushers. So. What would you explain, or how would you explain that group of players this year, maybe that sets them apart? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, from guys that I've coached in the past, um, I think they're very, it's an explosive group. I think there's guys that, uh, you know, are very skilled in pass rush. I think, like I said before, what we need to continue to get better is run defense, but very skilled in pass rush, very explosive guys that are versatile guys, too. They can do a lot of different things. Um, and so, you know, with Isaiah Bagna and the athlete that he is and the Daly brothers and, and then Ice Moa, like I think there's our open-end position has those there's those characteristics of a versatile, explosive athlete. And then you add the, the Bulls, which is our big end, Tyler Baddies, the Blake Mangelsons, like those guys, bigger, more physical guys. But still, I think, you know, Baddies just as athletic as – um, those open end guys. So he's he's one of those interchangeable guys that I think can do both of them. But I'm just excited about the versatility that we have in the room. And you know, there's experience with you know with Isaiah and with Tyler. They played a lot of football. Um, so I'm excited to see how those guys continue to develop. But then a, a great group of young talent that's developing and that competing at a high level right now. Let's talk some more about Tyler Batty. You mentioned the veteran. He's obviously put on some weight. He's a big bull rusher, um, but he's explosive around the edge as well. Where do you, where have you seen him make the most 
strides as he pushes towards the latter part of his BYU career? Like I just, you know, from what I've seen from fall camp back to spring ball is just the the opportunity for him to be able to win a one-on-one and pass rush. Um, he's very good at that, uh, works his butt off, and is just really working at a high level to continue to work the run techniques, which I think he's one of our stouter guys. Him and Blake have been the most physical guys in the room. Um, and so there might be times where those two guys are on the field at the same time when we want a more bigger, stouter edge. Um, but not not to say that those other guys got can't do it, but those guys have been the guys that have shown the more physicality, um, you know, play after play after play. You and Jay Hill have not shied away from the lackluster statistics created by the defensive front seven from BYU last year. And it was scheme, a lot of it, but you've said we want to create more chaos, more disruption. It's not just about sacks, it's about turnovers and disruptive plays. So how have you seen that evolve with Jay Hill now in control of the, de- the defensive side? You know, it's just the style that he's going to call it and completely different from the style that was here before. And that worked for a long time. They played really good defense for three or four years. And then, you know, last year was what it was. And now we're in this situation we are. And, you know, Coach Hill's going to he's going to be aggressive. But the great thing about the defense is you uh, there's times where we're going to be dropping eight too as well. So there could be times where the BYU fans are like, what the heck? This is last year. <laughs> but it's just they all complement each other. Right. So that's the beauty of just being able to bring different tempos from, you know, dropping, dropping eight to dropping seven to dropping six. You know, there's there's all these different tempos that we can bring and all these different patterns of blitzes that we can bring against different styles of offenses that we bring. So, you know, ultimately it just comes down to bringing different tempos and keeping offenses on their toes and not just being able to just, hey, we're always playing a three down or we're always playing a four down and teams can just start teeing off on you. Now you bring different tempos, different patterns, and then that now just makes the offense play more hesitant and slows them down. And then it helps us, you know, be able to create those havoc plays that you're talking about. Great insight. We'll finish with this. How much advice does your brother Brady offer you, whether asked for or not asked for? Well, let's say he gives me advice. <laughs> now, not often asked for, but it's okay. He's, he, Brady loves BYU football, and uh, he wants uh, us to be successful here. He wants me to be successful, obviously, as, as his brother. Um, but, yeah, he, he likes to talk football, and he'll give his opinion. So, you know, sometimes I'm listening, like, oh, yeah, you got a good point there. And the other times I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, but it's okay. That's, you know, that's the conversations we have. And, you know, he's a passionate guy. So sometimes he'll post something on social media or whatever, and everybody's like, man, this guy's crazy. And be like, hey, he just loves football, man. And so you just sometimes got to listen. And then sometimes you got to go one in, in one ear and out the other, you know. But, and he knows that. He's, he's a good dude. And uh, it's good to, you know, just be around guys that love football like he does and love BYU and wants to see this place be successful. It's brothers talking football. We can appreciate that, and we appreciate uh, your unique perspective on the defensive line as well. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Kelly Papinga, again, also the special teams coach, but we'll focus on the defensive line for now. And Dave, part of my rash assumption and why I think BYU's defense is going to be so much better under Jay Hill and Kelly Papinga and Sione Puhan, obviously Gennaro Guilford remains, and Justin Enna comes in. Yeah, there's a lot of new life, new energy, new blood from, from the coaches, but these two right here, Isaiah Banya, transfer from Boise State, and Tyler Batty, who was healthy and has been given the green light like he has never been given before to just attack, right? To just be more aggressive and it's shed one block and go rather than be a block eater if you're Tyler Batty. Like this, th- these two guys right here are a huge part of why I feel like the defense is going to be much better and create more chaos. 
Because BYU, BYU was just abysmal last year. They did one of the worst teams in the country in sacks and chaos plays. It just you wonder. Like they're a little bit better. You win ten games instead of eight. Yeah, for sure. And I've talked to Batty and the Daly brothers, who are, are young guys coming up through the process on the defensive, uh, and they love Papinga's energy and aggressiveness. And they they freely say before you even ask him, I love Jay Hill's style of attack. The bend but don't break concept is over at BYU. It is now attack, 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 punch, instead of just wait to get punched and just see if it, so long as it doesn't knock you out, just take punches. This is, this is the opposite of, of what we've seen in recent years. And credit Jay Hill, credit Papinga, and all the names you just mentioned. Credit mostly Kalani Sataki because he knew this area had to be changed yeah, to be competitive yeah. in the land that they're going to. And that's been done, and that's part of the reason, I think, that, that folks are so optimistic over there. Yeah, I, I, and again, Tyler Batty, Isaiah Banya, joined by Blake Mangelson, Ice Moa, and the Daly brothers, among others. They're going to be asked to do more, but have the green light to play they want to play. Yeah. It, again, this is, not, this is not like an attack on the previous it's just different. defensive regime. It's, it's not. I mean, Elisa Tuiaki is a brilliant football mind. And frankly, for a long time, the scheme worked. It caught up to BYU last year when some other opponents figured it out. But, I mean, it was really good for a long time. Now it's just time for something new. The reset has been pushed. And I know that Tyler and Isaiah are just really excited to play the way that they want to play on the edge with Jay Hill giving them the green light. It's like getting out of a decent car and getting into another decent car. And you're like, man, I like this engine. Yeah, you know, yes. It drives a little differently. It just, it's a little Maybe bit different. Maybe it'll go a little faster. Uh, we'll see you coming up. Women's soccer, it all starts this week. The regular season opener Thursday night. Number 13, BYU hosting St. Louis at Southfield. First official sporting event as a member of the Big 12 in school history. Let's go. Television coverage starts at 9 Eastern on ESPN+. Still to come, what have we learned about BYU women's soccer after their two impressive exhibition wins. One on the road against a good Rutgers squad and then domination inside Idaho State. Stay with us. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Threads. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Dave. Let's roll out today's headlines. BYU football training camp continues this week. They held a closed practice scrimmage uh, at the stadium on Saturday, and head coach Kalani Sataki pretty happy with what he saw. Just really happy with the team so far. Uh, I, I'm more pleased with uh, their efforts and leadership, but but also the coaches and the demand. I mean, JJ demands quite a bit from the from the defense, and Arod uh, seems to be um, doing what he always does. And and uh, Keaton looks really comfortable in the uh, in the offense. I would have to say a lot of the other the other quarterbacks look the same. So I thought uh, all together, I thought the team looked pretty pretty good for uh, three weeks out before the game. Linebacker Ben Bywater today was named to the Benrick Award watch list. That award goes to the best defensive player in college football. Okay, Ben, let's go. Led BYU two seasons in a row in overall tackles. Yeah. Busy weekend for Cougars in the NFL preseason. 
led off most notably by Zach Wilson. 14 of 20 for 123 yards and a touchdown, led three scoring drives, played the entire first half and a shutout win over the Carolina Panthers. Every single Jets beat reporter and insider is now clearly all in, Dave, on Zach's career being saved by Aaron Rodgers. Let's come back. And you know what? I'm buying it too. Credit to Zach and his mentor, the future Hall of Famer Rodgers, for helping Zach make impressive strides already. He looks like an entirely different player. Yeah, and the line blocks for him better than they did in the Hall yeah. of Fame game. Puka Nakua still doing his thing. Three catches, 32 yards, and a touchdown in his preseason action. Jamal Williams had nine carries for 28 yards for the Saints. Tyson Williams, 51 yards on 10 rushes for the Arizona Cardinals. Keep your eye on Tyson. Other Cougars playing over the weekend. Chris Brooks picked up 24 yards on five attempts for the Dolphins. Dax Milne had a catch for the Commanders. He's making news today too, Dave. <laughs> yes, he is. I tell you, <laughs> Dax is tough. He didn't make that team again this year. Yep. Zane Anderson with the Bills. Five tackles in his debut. D'Angelo Mandel, four tackles for the Cowboys. Caleb Hayes, three tackles and a pass breakup for the Jaguars. 21, I believe it's 21 BYU players in the NFL. All ready for another season of preseason action yeah. here starting Thursday. And that's not including Kyle Van Noy, Daniel Sorensen, and Harvey Lungy. Like, those three guys are all still free agents. Just waiting for the call. 13th rank BYU women's soccer dominates Idaho State 7-0 in an exhibition. Brecken Mazingo with the brace, two goals, and an assist. Ali Fryer also had a brace with two goals. Kendall Peterson, Bella Foligno, and Aaron Bailey all scored as well. The Bengals got off one shot the entire 90 minutes. It's hard to win if you don't shoot. <laughs> Amen to that. BYU men's basketball held a scrimmage on Friday afternoon as they get ready for their trip to Croatia and over to Italy. Here's Coach Pope. The capital we put in the bank in terms of us being together is super important because we know what we're up against. We know what we're going to face. We can't wait to get there into this season and everything it brings. And so. Uh, we're day seven of two a days right now. We got three more next week, and, and um, the guys are going together right now, and we'll, we'll make huge strides on this trip, and that's going to be our special sauce. It's just, you know, a lot of what we've become this season will be determined on how close we can become as a group right now. And these guys are, are making great strides doing it. To ask Coach Pope some questions and see him again. Amber Whiting and the Cougars the women's basketball program, they leave today for their trip over to Italy. There's a lot of BYU blue heading overseas. Indeed. Volleyball as well, soccer. Everyone had a great trip this summer. Dave, when do we get our BYU broadcasting trip to Italy? A note for another day. <laughs> Let's go to the Orange Bowl. How about yeah. something like that? <laughs> Some notes from Cougars in minor league baseball. Michael Rucker pitching for the AAA Iowa Cubs. Had five strikeouts over three innings on Friday. Got to get him back to Wrigley. Yeah, he's bounced back and forth between the big leagues and AAA. Daniel Stevens still in AAA with the Columbus Clippers. Extended his hit streak to eight games yesterday with a two-run double. Out of boy, Daniel. BYU Swim and Dive announcing their 2023-24 schedule this morning. Starts with a matchup against rival Utah on September 23rd. The full schedule is available for you at BYUcougars.com. Those are today's headlines. Now let's opinionate in the whip. Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, as mentioned in the headlines, women's soccer had two exhibition victories. They won at Rutgers last week, and then they pounded Idaho State at home. What did those two wins tell you about the kind of team we're going to see on Thursday? Not much compared to what I already have been expecting from this team, Dave. Yeah. Although the moxie to go on and 
the road and win at Rutgers, that, that's nice. That, when you win early season tough road matches, even if it is an exhibition, there's, there's maybe a, that little extra special sauce on this. This team's already gonna be really, really good day. They're picked to win the Big 12. Beating Rutgers just kind of solidified in my mind that, yep, they, I think they are the best team in the Big 12 right now. But I already kind of felt that way. To play good in Thursday in New York and good against Saturday back in Provo, Utah, yeah. tells me they're in great shape and ready to go. All right, Dave, other than Puka Nakua in the NFL, which other former Cougar in the league is poised to have a breakout season, rookie or not? You look at situations, and Tyson Williams is in a great situation okay. in Arizona, over 50 yards the other day, running hard. There's just uh, one guy ahead of him as a starter, so they need somebody to go yeah. right behind uh, uh, Connor, and I think he's got a shot, and he had a great debut the other night. I love it. Uh, I'm going to go with my guy Dax Milne and the Washington Commanders. Okay. He's relied on to be a punt returner. He's got some incredible hands and they give him a lot of trust. And frankly, I feel like with Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator coming over from the Chiefs, there are going to be more opportunities for Dax to get a little bit more on the field done. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. So at hoops practice on Friday, Dallin Hall hit the game winner from half court yeah, at okay. the buzzer, right in front of me and Blaine. It's what he does. We saw it, it had the line, and then he buried it, and the place went went nuts. Uh, is that more impressive? Here it is, and there, and there he is. Uh, he hit some game winners last season. How about this one right here? This one is visually incredible, <laughs> but it doesn't count for anything, unfortunately. No, but like, look how much it meant to stick it to the guys <laughs> in the white jerseys. <laughs> meant everything right there. <laughs> Jackson Robinson, like, with the smile on his face on the other team. I like that. Uh, it's, I mean, it's the toughest shot for sure that he's hit in these game winners centers, but he didn't win an actual game, so I'm still going to give the edge to him as a freshman. Let's do that. As a freshman winning actual games at the buzzer. Make that shot at Kansas. <sighs> okay. You're a legend forever. Now, now we're talking. The AP Top 25 poll has been released for Division I college football. No surprise, Georgia, the overwhelming number one, Dave. From the Big 12, Texas at number 11, Kansas State number 16, TCU number 17, <coughs> Oklahoma number 20, excuse me. No Texas Tech, obviously no BYU. What is your first reaction to the preseason AP poll? I'd have picked Texas Tech over Oklahoma. Yes. And I picked Kansas State to win the league, so I'd have had them up a little higher. Okay. Of course, all the hype's on Texas with Steve Sarkeesian's guys. I thought that actually be a little higher. Uh, but you know what? Now that it's out, we can start finagling with it. And two weeks from Saturday, there'll be games. Listen, Dave, I just see three ranked opponents on BYU's yeah, schedule right, right now, there. all in conference. Just I'm three glad right Arkansas there. Not on that list. Right there. Uh, and Arkansas very well could be in the top 25, depending on yeah. how good they look in the first two weeks before BYU visits them in Fayetteville. Let's go. All right. I. I Let's go. That's, that's, that's my reaction to this. I see the poll. Let's go. Let's play games 19 days away. Coming up, our interviews from BYU men's basketball returners Dallin Hall and Fusini Traore as they gear up to play in the best basketball conference in America. Why do they feel up to the task? This is BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. BYU's defense will be markedly better. That's a huge jump. BYU's going to be 
better than expected. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Jerem, it's time we learn a little bit more about the defensive line, specifically Boise State transfer Isaiah Banya. And I feel that he is going to play a much bigger role on this BYU defensive line than maybe some are expecting. An impact transfer right away who is getting coached up by Kelly Papinga on the outside. Here's my one-on-one with Isaiah Banya from BYU Football Photo Day. Isaiah, welcome officially to BYU Football Photo Day. Now more than a week into camp, how would you assess the overall feeling and vibe of camp and the team at this point? Man, it's been good so far. You know, I feel like at start of camp, the whole defense, we all met and everything like that. And, you know, we want to come in with a purpose this offseason, you know, this to prepare us for this Big 12 season. You know, we, we're making history this year. You know, so with that being said, we're excited, man. Everybody's been working hard, and it's a good vibe out there. So along with BYU making history, joining the Big 12, this is year one as a Power 5 team. What types of things are you trying to accomplish on the field to add to the own uh, or the the history statement that you just made? 100%. Man, I'm trying to do the best I can. That's all anybody can ever ask for, right? I mean, we've been, like I said, we've been preparing really hard. And so I expect big things not only for myself, but for the whole team as a whole. So with that being said, I'm looking forward to it. We got something in store for y'all. Well, last time I talked to you, you were still very relatively new to BYU football. And you're still new, but you've been around the program a little bit longer. You've had a chance to work with your teammates and on the defensive line specifically. How is your role going to evolve as you work in this specific BYU defense? 100%. Well, you know, when we talk about football-wise, I feel like we play a big role in, in the defense, just, you know, me on the edge. And we even talk about with Tyler Batty, you know, we'll have a good impact, I feel, especially getting after the pass this year and really just making a statement in general. So with that being said, that's what I'm kind of looking forward to, really, is making the statement and making my place on the defense with the rest of the guys. What's your relationship like with Kelly Papinga having that established at Boise State? And now at BYU, he's coaching you again on the edge. Yeah, dude, he's awesome, man. I, uh, he's, been, he's been one of the best coaches I've ever had. You know, he really cares about his guys, and he really cares about me, too. And he knows his stuff. You know, even if you look at his history, you can see the kind of guys he's been able to, you know, help be successful in their careers. So with that being said, man, I'm just appreciative of him, and, you know, I look forward to, you know, believing him for the rest of the season. How is he and defensive coordinator Jay Hill getting you ready for primarily power five offenses that you are going to go up against beginning with Arkansas and then a run of nine games through the Big 12? Right. Well, they've been pushing me really hard, especially not just talking about back in winter and spring camp, but especially right now, they, they really have a high standard for me and, like I said, the rest of the defense. So with that being said, you know, they've been trying to uphold that and they've done a really good job of being consistent with that and bringing it to a, a level of importance for us all. How often have you been reminded that last season BYU was one of the worst teams in the country in quarterback sacks? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, quite often when I'm talking to people, people bring it up. People definitely bring it up. So that's something that, you know, hopefully we can come in and change around and help out for the, you know, BYU Nation. I know it's not just quarterback sacks, but the defense overall is trying to be more disruptive. So with what you can tell us without giving too much away, 
How is BYU's defense set up to be more disruptive and create more turnovers and quarterback sacks and just more chaos for opposing offenses? Right. So it's funny that you said because our play calls this, this offseason, this fall camp that we've been learning and installing has been super exotic and diverse. So you'll see a bunch of different blitzes. You'll see different coverages. And, you know, Coach Hill got a good plan for us. And so it's, it's going to be exciting to see, man. It's, it's a lot different than what we've been seeing before in the past. Now that's interesting because we hear so often that offense is throwing a lot of disguised looks. You use the word exotic to explain the defense, which I don't hear very often. So how much more can you tell us about that, like the, the exotic play calling that will be involved on the defensive side? Well, as far as I can say, just know that every single position will have a specific role in like a blitz or a certain coverage. Who knows, maybe even the D alignment will be dropping in coverage at some point. Who knows, maybe safety will be coming out to quarterback. So we'll see a whole bunch of different stuff, man. It'll be cool. It'll be cool, I promise. Do you anticipate being primarily in a three-point stance? Uh, are you going to be up on, you know, just just two feet all in a, in a full-on stand position? What do, you, what do you anticipate you're going to do primarily? Well, originally, I'm, I've always been in a two-point stance. Okay. So they're letting me continue being in a two-point stance. You know, obviously with different techniques and fundamentals, you know, it'll change up here and there and things for different scenarios. But okay. I will mostly be in a two-point stance. How do you feel like you have gotten better as an individual football player since moving down from Boise State to BYU? Oh, a lot better. I feel like coming here it like raised the bar for me, you know, and especially coming in with a different purpose, a different mindset, and especially this is my fifth year, you know. So with that being said, it's it's uh, it's time to take things real serious and take it to the next level, and that's exactly what I tried to do. All right, we'll finish with this. The running backs room has a nickname for themselves. They're called the Step Show. Mm -hmm. Okay, can we work on a nickname for the defensive line group? Maybe even the edge rushers. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, we. Uh, <laughs> it's funny you said because our D, our defensive end room, we break down on this little this little saying we got. It's BDE. I don't want to go into it because it'll be surprised. Y'all gonna find out eventually. But hey, it's that's what that's what we're gonna go by right now. So. <laughs> we'll we'll just stick with the acronym, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Isaiah, it's great to talk with you. Uh, we appreciate the time and insight and enjoy the rest of photo day. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Isaiah Banya and Tyler Batty are Look at going that mustache to be at the forefront. Tyler. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Uh, That's new. It's, listen, it's, it's part of who he is, right? right? I like it. Okay. Isaiah Banya has been mostly hurt in his career at Bush State. He played 11 games in three years except for 21. Can he recapture 21? He had 36 tackles, 7 TFL, 6 sacks, a forced fumble. That's the kind of productivity. He was good against BYU for. as a Boise State Bronco in Provo. I haven't looked up uh, his stats, but I will here in just a second in that game. But yes, that that's what BYU needs to capture because those two are going to be relied on heavily to create havoc off the edge. Those two need to be good because they're seniors and know what they're doing and they're very capable. Yeah, let's uh, go. And this is again, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, rain down on what BYU's defense did or did not do last year, but yeah. it's just. It's so atypical for BYU not to be, you know, at least decent, at least middle of the pack yeah, they were in, in a lot of these statistical categories. But sacks, I mean, you're ranked 130th in FBS tackles for loss, 129th, 98th in opponent rush yards per game. With how much the defense preaches about you have to stop the run if you want to win games, well, BYU just BYU's D line has not been good enough uh, under Kalani Sitake. Third down defense, in, in my here. opinion. Like when Kalani Sitake came down from Utah, I was stoked. I was like, oh, BYU's gonna get Starlo Tulele's. They're gonna get these kind of guys, 
And they've had Kairos Tonga, and that's basically it um, on the D-line, in my opinion, in terms of, like, next level, really productive guys. Hopefully, BYU has found a couple of guys yeah. that can produce. And by the way, in that game in 2021, Banya, five tackles. Uh, he had uh, a tackle for loss, a forced fumble, and a quarterback hurt. Yeah, yeah. He was good. It was great. Yeah, he's, he said it was one of my favorite games. <laughs> Like, I'm like, I, it was one of my least favorite games in BYU football I history. I hate that, but I get it from you. Um, all good. Check out BYU Women's Soccer in the season opener coming up Thursday night. Hey, welcome to the Big 12 now on ESPN Plus era, people. It's women's soccer. It's a ranked matchup. It's a ranked matchup. The St. Louis Billikens taking on the BYU Cougars. Big time non-conference game out of the gate to open the season on ESPN Plus Thursday night. Up next, Top 5 Tuesday is back. We're looking at the top five plays from BYU football training camp thus far. Mm. What's number one? Been some good ones. It's BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media, Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. We just played Battleship, trying to guess where Spencer each other one, four to three. ranked the Big 12 schedule in terms of games from toughest to least tough. I had NBAopoly, by the way. I still do. I oh, love nice. it. Oh, it's, nice. But it's like 1989. <laughs> like, there's, there's no Grizzlies. There's no... Uh, Raptors, you know, sure. it's, it's yeah. great. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. The Washington Bullets are still in play. The Bullets are in there, yep. <laughs> <laughs> All the old school logos. Yes, yes. That's that fantastic. risk my favorite board game. Settlers of Catan, maybe? What's yours favorite My board favorite game? board game? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You don't have to have one. That is, that, that's it. really tough. Yeah. Um, I probably, oh, my gosh. I don't, I don't know what my favorite board game Coming is. Coming up later, Spencer Candy, gives his favorite like, board game. Like, as a kid, it was Candyland. Candy that, was, that was my jam because I yeah. had a sweet tooth and I loved candy. I loved Lord Licorice. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> candy got, is the best. I got to think about that. I'll come back to okay. my favorite board game later. Okay. In the meantime, let's get to today's headlines. Great football camp continues today. Practice 12 as we speak. We'll be at practice later with interviews and reactions. Also, BYU ranked number 57 in CBS Sports initial 1 to 133 rankings in FBS. BYU was 10th out of the Big 12 team. The Big 12 volleyball TV schedule, as far as national broadcasts go, was announced yesterday. BYU will be featured on ESPNU twice and Fox Sports 1 once on ESPNU, Houston at BYU, Texas Tech at BYU. And then when the Cougars visit Austin, Texas to take on the powerful Longhorns, that'll be broadcast nationally on FS1. That's pretty cool. That's some uh, good exposure for BYU. That's the most exposure I believe uh, BYU's ever had. Oh, on national man. TV in a single season. Yeah. Man. Welcome to the Big 12. What's cool is BYU's, has BYU ever played on FS1 in an Olympic sport? Ever? I don't think so. Unless you go back to CSTV, which turned into something else that wasn't that was some. Yeah. Yeah. Back Regardless, that's big time. FS1 big time. for BYU Texas women's volleyball. That's pretty cool. Super cool. Also, women's soccer will play a game on linear TV, ESPNU, against TCU in the Big 12 opener on September 14th. That's at 9 Eastern. It's one of two linear women's soccer games all season in the league. They're, they're doing way more volleyball than soccer, but BYU and TCU is the premier matchup in the league, I think. And uh, BYU gets it on the ESPN. Oh, cool. this makes sense. I'm Coming off 7 nothing. Talking about the two teams that are at the top of the conference in the preseason poll. Let's go. 
The Athletics' Bruce Feldman has ranked the 101 biggest freaks in college football. Okay. <laughs> in regular life, this would be so offensive. <laughs> but in football, it's a compliment. Oh, he's a freak, and it's like, yeah. It's a compliment. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Feldman ranked BYU's Kingsley Suomataia as the third biggest freak athlete in all of college football. Well, then. Okay, so not, not in terms of size. I mean, this isn't just size. He's just the freakiest. <laughs> And Bruce Feldman's S list. Size helps, strength helps. Yes, right? all of that plays into yes. it, right? Crazy. Number three. Okay. Those are today's headlines. Now some opinions in the whip. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. The Big Ten is reportedly looking into potentially playing a 10-game conference schedule. Would you be open to this in the Big 12? I'm open to everything. is new in the Big 12. Sure. Yeah. If, you, if they wanted to do a 10-game schedule, great! But I, I favor nine. I think nine is the, the proper number. Three non-conference games, nine conference games. Especially with the pod format that we presented last week, I think nine is the magic number. I'm opposed to 10. I would like three non-conference games. Whether that be a power five that BYU plays that isn't named Utah now, BYU has to figure that out for next year and beyond. Or you just play one FCS and two G5s and you help yourself get to a bowl game more easily every year. We don't know how hard yeah. this is going to be over time. I would like to think that BYU can go 3-0 regularly. And then uh, if you go 3-6 and six and really stink in Big 12 play, you're still going bowling. You're still 6-6. Six and six. I'd like to get to a higher standard at some point, obviously. But uh, for now, I am not on, uh, not on board with this. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, and the point is valid. I mean, if you took away, let's say, BYU... Frankly, they're playing 10 Power 5 games this year, so it would be like, instead of Arkansas, it would just be another Big 12 opponent, which, whatever, it, it could be a wash. But you don't want any Power 5s. Other I'm, I may not. I'm, I'm, yeah, in the non -conference. I'm leaning that way, where I'm just, okay. nah, just Big 12 is where we're at. We don't need a big non-con game to sort of be compelling now that Utah's in the league. If it went to 10, like, you would have to schedule an FCS, and then just an absolutely just the crappiest cra G5 yes, winnable, automatic yes. win G5 team every year. Yes, warm up city. Brett Yormark, the guy, number one fanboy. BY, Brigham Young, Brett Yormark. Brett Yormark, hey! Nice, nice pull right there, okay? I'm a fan. In an appearance on the SBJ and New York Post sports media podcast, he said the following about getting the Big 12 media rights, deal done early. He said, by October, the conference had handshake agreements with ESPN and Fox, essentially leapfrogging the Pac-12. This is from Stuart Mandel as well, which already was in the market trying to negotiate a new deal. And I quote, at the time, I didn't realize that was really the last big media deal that was available, especially in our industry of collegiate athletics. Sometimes in life, you got to get lucky, he said. And we got a little lucky because we had not done that deal. Had we not done that deal at the time we did, who knows if I'd be your 100th show here today, end quote. Jerem, how much luck do you think is really involved with Brett Yormark compared to just hustle? Roberto Clemente said uh, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So I, like, while I believe in a little bit of luck, sure. Um, Ken Palm has a metric for that. You have to push the envelope, take action, be ready for the time yeah. when you have it. And when the Pac-12 offered too hot or wanted too hot much money from ESPN. That was a little lucky. That was a little lucky. Then the Big 12 stepped in, that, but but going early was the move. Like that was earned once there was an opportunity. So 
while, yes, a little bit of luck. No, it was the foresight of we need to get this done yeah. early and put ourselves in a position of power here. And look at the Big 12. It literally destroyed the Pac-12. That, that was the luck part for me was the fact yeah. that the Pac-12 said no to 30 million a year per school. They're like, no, nah, it's not even close. We want upwards of 50 million per school in the Pac-12. And ESPN was like, all right, see you later. And then Brett Yormark came in and he got a little bit more than the 30 million they were offering to the Pac-12 at 31.7. So yeah. that was the lucky part is the Pac-12 was just like, nah, we're not doing it. Then the Big 12 took advantage. Peyton Manning is returning to Tennessee as a professor. He's going to teach for free in the College of Communications and Information. <laughs> Which former BYU player would you most want to have as a professor? There are two. And uh, one would be Ty Detmer. I, I want him to teach like a Future, Far future Farmers of America class. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just ranching and yes. hunting. Absolutely. Has nothing to do with communication. <laughs> I, That'd be in a different department. I would love that. I, would, I love Ty's personality. He's got such such a great sense of humor. Yeah. The other is Jimmer Fredette teaching an international relations course. <laughs> Here's how you survive in a hotel for six months. <laughs> what about you? Which play are you going with? Just hanging out with Steve Young would be fun. Because like when you're in a class with someone, you feel like you get to know oh, that man. professor. Steve Young teaching like a business ethics class or something. Teach me venture capitalism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Put him in the Marriott School of Business. Teach me law. Teach me like Steve knows all kinds of high level stuff, not to mention obviously football. But yeah, just like. NFL history would be fun. Can too. you imagine More the waiting list? Classes. The waiting list to get into oh Steve Young or Jimmer Fredette or Ty Detmer's class at BYU. It'd be all these, uh, you know, 55-year-old uh, women that wanted to date Steve <laughs> when he's single at BYU. That's who's signing up for that one. If he did Education Week, he's crushing it. Marriott School of Business, Steve Young. <laughs> hey, ESPN's loss could be BYU's gain. We'll see. Big Game Boomer ranked Kalani Satake as the tenth top coach who could win in a fight. <laughs> what a list. Fessy Satake reacted by tweeting, if you only knew. Kyle Whittingham, by the way, was ranked third. So who are you taking a head-to-head -head fight, Whittingham or Kalani? What do we think we're going to say on the air here? Come on. Um, come on. Wait, what does it say, head-to-head? -head? What you should say is hand-to-hand, -hand, okay? <laughs> um, we're taking our boy. We're taking our boy. Listen, K-Wit works out. Don't get me wrong. But Kalani, dude, Kalani is thick. Yes. Like, he is strong. <laughs> like, Kalani is getting it done. I'm sorry. Like, yes. come, on, come on now. Come he's on got, now. Have you seen them calf? crazy twitch, too. 2016, when the Kai Nakua got thrown out for targeting, it's like, yes. Kalani was getting ready to go postal on somebody, and then uh, Francis Bernard had an interception. A little bit of irony there. I was talking about this, this list with some friends the other day, and uh, a Polynesian friend said, Spencer, you don't understand Polynesian crazy. You just don't. <laughs> you should always lean Polynesian crazy in a head-to-head -head fight. Like, I'll take like, your word for it. Okay, fair enough. But he does have the crazy. Like when he when he when he gets that crazy gets in mad, his eyes. It is, it is step out of the way. <laughs> step out of the way. That's why I'm taking. I'm taking Kalani. Of course, we're sure. taking Kalani. Come on, Come on, on next. As promised. A look at BYU's defensive line and one of the guys that we think is going to play a major role this year opposite of Tyler Batty. Meet Isaiah Banya. Get to know him a little bit more. Our one-on-one -on -one combo is up next on BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. 
We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Very interesting trending topics today. If you missed that conversation about NIL money and BYU basketball and then BYU football upgrading at every position, you can always see that on demand. But On offense. On offense, yes. Yes, thank you for clarifying that. And that is... We seek it on defense as well. What we are going to look into now more with your one-on-one interview with yes. Aaron Roderick. Talked to offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick yesterday. He's excited that BYU has a good team, he says, which is awesome. We're stoked. Let's get to know the position groups a little bit better after my conversation with BYU's offensive coordinator. All right, Aaron, uh, third year at the helm here. Uh, how have you evolved as a play caller the last couple of years uh, going into this season? Um, gosh, um, I'm just always trying to get better. You know, we ask, we ask the players to get better. You know, you ask them to work all off season on, you know, and getting stronger in the weight room or getting better at certain techniques and skills. And so I, coaches have to do the same thing. So um, I've spent every off season doing everything I can to be a better coach. And, um, and I ask the same thing of all my assistants. Can you watch football casually, or, or are you always kind of picking at, oh, I liked that, maybe I'll have that influence in my play calling? Yeah, I'm, I, you can't, I can't watch it casually. Yeah. I'm always seeing the, you know, you, I think all coaches are that way. You're just seeing the scheme of it, and, and um, you know, a lot of the best plays are borrowed and stolen, you know, so a lot of times I'm watching NFL preseason game, and I see, oh, that fits us. That's something we do well, or, you know, fits something we do well. And, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's just how it is. Okay, let's walk through some of the positions. Obviously, Keaton uh, Slovis at one. Is Jake Retzloff the number two quarterback, or is that still a battle? He's he's uh, been taking number two reps, uh, splitting the number two reps with Cade. Um, Cade has uh, been dealing with a little bit of minor minor deal that's held him back a little bit lately, and and uh, I feel like Jake's really done a nice job the last few practices. So that's not a final decision yet, but right now uh, Cade's got a little. I mean, uh, Jake's Jake's had a few more reps lately. Yeah. Running back, safe to say Aiden is the number one, and then is there a battle for two, or is that Deion Smith? Um, so Aiden's doing a great job. Deion Smith, that guy, man, what a good player he is. Um, very smart guy. We're doing a lot of things with him, and uh, very impressed with just how smart he is and how mature he is. He's a great leader. And then LJ Martin is a standout in camp so far. Uh, he's one of the best players on this team, and he will play this year. You'll see he's, he's, he's a very good football player. Getting LJ was incredible. I have an uncle who lives in El Paso and uh, knows the family, and he is the number one fan of uh, LJ Martin here. Yeah, I, you know, I try not to get too excited about freshmen sometimes, but he's already proven that he's going to be a player for us this season. That's exciting. Okay, uh, wide receiver. You have three incumbent guys uh, trying to stay healthy, two transfers that look to uh, play into it, and then how, how big do you want that group to be in terms of what that rotation could look like? Right now we have a six-man rotation, so you have the three guys returning, Cody, Keanu, and Chase, and then uh, Darius and Keelan Marion are the two transfers. They're both doing a very good job, and Parker Kingston has, uh, wow, he's only been playing wide receiver for one year because um, he was a high school quarterback, and um, he's right there in that group, as good as anybody in that group. He's a very good player, great speed, and uh, so that's our six right now, and then we have a couple other guys you know that are reliable that I think could could fill in in a game play for us Talmadge Gunther Hobbs Nyberg uh, Dom Henry's had a really nice camp I think he's knocking on the door there for a chance to play um, I'm probably forgetting someone oh and then Jojo mm -hmm. uh, doesn't exactly always know what he's doing yet but super talented kid that has a really bright future okay tight end Isaac Rex and then what's the battle like for number two and three there 
Uh, Ray Paulo has really stood out to me, and uh, same with uh, Tava, our transfer from SUU. Those two guys are both going to play a big role for us for sure. Um, and then Mason Fakahua has done a nice job in camp as well. So those are the, the four main guys that are getting the most of the reps right now, and we have uh, really upgraded at that position. Just Isaac's so much improved from a year ago, and the addition of Ray and Taba, those two guys are doing a great job. Um, very impressed with both of them. And Mason Fakahua is much, you know, he was a new, it was a position change for him last year, and now he actually looks comfortable at that position and is doing a nice job. Yeah, on the offensive line, certainly Kingsley at left tackle, and then it feels like uh, there's some battles there. How's the uh, Connor Pay Paul Miley battle at center? Well, the interesting thing about that is it's like the least of my worries right now because mm. we've been alternating them, and you never even notice which one's which. They're just both good, solid players, the veteran guys, very professional about it. Uh, and I think I think both of them would probably like to be the center, but neither one of them makes a big deal about it, and I honestly don't even notice in practice which one's in. I'm more concerned about other things because I just know those two guys are both going to do a great job for us no matter what they play. And if one's the center, the other's probably a guard, right? Correct, yeah. yeah. Well, the, one of them will start at center, one will start at guard. And, and um, either way, the, either way I've, you know, one thing I've told both of them is you've both started so many games in your career at center that it's not a bad thing to play guard. You know, like you're just putting more games on tape of playing another position. So yep. whichever one of them does it, it's, it's, not, it's not a negative at all. Caleb Etienne seems to have been running with the ones the most at right tackle to this point. He's had the most reps there, yes, but we've, we have rotated some other guys in. Uh, uh, Simi and uh, Braden Kime have both played right and left tackle, and uh, both are doing a good job. And then other, other guards that have come in, uh, Tyler Little, Sonny Maccasini, who, who else has been in the mix? I'd say Waylon. Uh, Waylon's probably, he's been, in, he's been a factor in there, and uh, Ian Fitzgerald had a very good scrimmage Saturday, um, but, uh, so that would be a couple guys, yeah. You've been bullish on the O line. Certainly, they were uh, incredible last year. What do you feel like um, is different about this group than last year's group? I just think these guys are hungry, um, and first of all, they they all seem really like they're having a lot of fun and they're really appreciative to be here. You know, we've had some transfers in that group, and it's, it's been fun for me to see the transfers embrace our team culture, embrace BYU, Provo, and you know. Uh, there's some new faces in there, but the energy that those guys bring every day um, is contagious. You know, the other the other players on the team feel it and they feed off of it, and so that's that's been my favorite thing about those guys. Each of the last uh, three starting quarterbacks, BYU had uh, their strengths. Zach and Jaron. What does Keaton do that's maybe a little different than what those two guys did? Well. I wouldn't. I don't think there's that much. There's a lot more in common than there are differences. You know, he's he's not. I think it's no secret he's not the exact same runner that Zach was, or um, you know. But he's a very accurate passer. He's a better runner than you think. Um, he can run everything we've been doing for the last two years, and um, but he can really throw it. And his decision making is outstanding, and and I'm really happy he's here. How much of, uh, hey, this is our system, you fit into this versus, okay, I see you can do this, I sort of add this into the play calling exists? It's a little bit of both. I mean, football is definitely about creating matchups and finding ways to get the ball to your best players doing what they do best. And I feel like, uh, however, our offense allows for that. You know, we have a very diverse system. We, we can play in just about any personnel grouping you can think of. We, uh, we have a lot of formations and shifts and motions and things we can do to create those matchups. And so, yeah, it's just a matter of each year finding out 
okay, who are the guys? How do we get them the ball? Doing what they do best. And I think we're going to be hard to defend. How many snaps could you give uh, you know, this team September 2nd if needed? So, I'm sorry, I didn't understand that. How many, how many snaps could you at receiver give this team oh. if needed? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> First rule of coaching is never demonstrate full speed. <laughs> and I never do it. So, yeah, none. Well, thanks for the uh, time and best of luck in the next couple weeks. Nice to talk to you. Never Z Zero steps. Oh, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. Oh, oh man. Okay, I'm, I'm excited about a couple of things you mentioned. LJ Martin, he's a player. He's proven he's going to be a player on this team. He's going to see time. We're going to see him. That's exciting. Then the tight end was pretty interesting, Spence. So it's Isaac Rex, obviously. And then Ray Paulo is a junior college transfer from Allen Hancock College, not to be confused with Hancock the movie, okay. which was fun but not that good. Um, he's better. And then you had Mataava Taese is an SUU transfer at, from tie, uh, at tight end. These two guys are totally new. May, maybe but, the but tight end the group is up. the most upgraded. Maybe. They, they've got to show us a little bit there. I think we've seen more out of the running backs. Like we've seen Aiden Robbins get 1,000 yards, right? Yeah. And Deion Smith. Um, didn't have huge numbers, but he was Colorado's leading rusher in a Power 5 league, blah, blah, blah. Um, former Power 5 league. It, it is exciting to see some of these new guys who will have an impact this year. For him to say L.J. Martin is already one of the best football players on this team right now as a freshman. Top 300 it, ESPN recruited. And then qualified was saying, well, I'm trying to get too excited about freshmen, but he's so, but, he's so good, he's going to play this year, and he's going to make an impact on I love team. it because we're going to see him against the Bearcats in how many days? Countdown to the Bearcats. 17 days. That's my favorite prime number. What's 17? Your, what's yours? Your favorite prime number? <laughs> my favorite prime number is probably 11. 11. Yeah, because it's one of my favorite overall numbers. 43 is a pretty good one. <laughs> David Nixon. <laughs> after, you, after you, you and Chris Morris of the Utah Jazz. Nice pull, dude. <laughs> Although he missed a couple of threes in Chris game five. They cost him against the Rock. Anyway. I can still, I can still hit Marv Alberts. Five? Yes. After a Sweet 16 appearance last season, number 13 women's soccer regular season opener tomorrow night. Southfield against number 21 St. Louis and 9 Eastern on Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus. Chris Morris is on fire. He wasn't in game 595, though. <laughs> what Big 12 news broke the internet? Or maybe didn't break the internet, but still, it's Big 12 news. You love the announcement of the announcement, Jerem. It's my favorite thing. This is BYU Sports Nation. Please tease us more. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Next on BYUSN, ranking all nine of BYU's Big 12 football games from toughest to not so tough. Hey, there are no gimmies, but which takes the crown as toughest game and easiest? Plus, Isaiah Banya on the improved pass rush and the top five plays of camp so far. Let's do this. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, August 15th. I am Spencer Linton alongside Baltimore Orioles celebrity bat boy, Jerem Jordan. You wish, uh, but the San Francisco <laughs> Giants, uh, Dave Fleming, who's one of their play-by-plays, has been on the program before. He's called a bunch of BYU games and whatnot uh, in uh, football and basketball. He lost, uh, he took last place in his fantasy football league, so he was the bat boy for like three innings or something last night. So <laughs> the Giants game. 
Is he the tallest bat boy in uh, Giants history? Is hey, hustle, Dave! Yeah. Hustle! Dave's been on the program before, um, back in the radio days, as we affectionately call them, which was the first six months of the show, AK, are these guys any good? Uh, before <laughs> we went to TV. <laughs> and somehow we're still on TV, amazingly. He, Sean Farnham was on the phone talking to us, an analyst with ESPN, and he said, hold on, I'm on the golf course, I'm about to tee off. Dave Fleming's going to... Uh, who's his play-by-play kind of partner there? He'll he'll talk you through it. So Dave did golf play-by-play <laughs> to Sean Farnham. Bing. Low key, it would be so fun to be a bat boy at a major league baseball game. Oh, I, yeah. Like I would plug and play. I'm not beyond that. Like I'm a huge Orioles fan. Like put me in the Orioles dugout. Be, just I'll do game. whatever. I don't want to do it like a lot. No, just one game would be a fun experience. I mean, like one inning even would be super fun. But that is that is a hilarious punishment for losing your fantasy football That's, league. Well. Oh, that every <laughs> person could do what that he did. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, actually, I want to do the coin toss at the Super Bowl. Granted, he's like, what? I can't call the game tonight because I have to be the bat boy. I think he went up in the fourth <laughs> or something. <laughs> or maybe they talked to him. Or yeah. That is very funny. Hilarious. Very funny. Uh, all rise and shout for the bat boys and for what's trending. When it comes time for a fall, that's what Cougar Nation's gonna be thinking about, those matchups. You always waited for this moment. The competition's gonna be, it's gonna be up there. And here we are, 2023, and it's ready to roll. What's Trending presented by Feastbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that helps feed hungry families. It has been well documented that this year's BYU football schedule will be the toughest the Cougars have ever faced in their long, historic, illustrious history. Ten Power Five games, ten in a row, nine in the Big 12 Conference. Yeah. And we are trying to figure out, because we've said very clearly, there are no gimmies really on the no. schedule for BYU. Kansas used to be until last year. But we're going to attempt to rank the toughest games to least tough one to nine today, but we've thrown in a little element that's going to make this a competition between the two of us. Because August. We love board games. We both love Battleship. Operative word being bored. Yeah. <laughs> we love Battleship, right? I risk the most. Electronic Battleship when you were a kid was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, it was fun. Okay, with all the sound I effects. I played a long time. Yeah, it's a simple game. We haven't seen each other's lists of toughest yeah, two least yeah. tough games, yeah. one through nine. And so we're going to go chronologically, bring up each Big 12 game, and try and guess where each other would put this, and then have a short conversation about yes. why each of these games ended up where they did on our lists. Okay. So let's play Big 12 schedule Battleship BYU Football Edition. But it will be better than the remake <laughs> like 10 years ago that Rihanna was in. Is that what we're hoping for? Uh, nothing can be that bad. <laughs> anyway. All right. Chronologically, Big 12 game number one, yep. September 23rd at Kansas. An up-and-comer, Jerem, okay. uh, for sure. So where do you think I put Kansas mm. on my list? Okay, we're going hardest to easiest. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. Hard. So number nine is the quote-unquote easiest. easiest. Number one is, one the, is toughest. the toughest. Kansas. Yep. Kansas. Where does Kansas I'm, end up on my list? I'm saying you put them at, you put them at number five, Spence. Oh, was it a hit? Let's see. 
Oh, oh no, splash. You missed. D6. <laughs> so you have at Kansas, you guessed number five. I've guessed five. You have them seven. I Look at put that. Okay. Kansas at number we seven. Very different. I know. Okay. Th th that's what makes this fun, yeah. right? And I know some of you are like, whoa, 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 whoa. They got the Big 12 offensive player of the year in the preseason. It's the third easiest game in your opinion. Jaden Daniels. Because everything wow. else is very tough. And I'm big on when games happen. Right, just, just when they happen. I feel like BYU, because this is the Big 12 opener, and maybe they're coming off a frustrating loss against Arkansas, and they've regrouped, and hopefully not. Hopefully BYU's 3-0, and and they're going <laughs> and into they're Lawrence, and they're feeling front good. Front-running right? at number 15 okay. in the country. But this goes to show you that like the margin of error between these teams in the Big 12 is so small like that Kansas, for me, fell to number seven because I think the juice will be good for BYU. And Kansas, until they do it two years in a row, Jerem, until they prove to me mm. that they are truly in show me mode. into another level, and they're like, oh, we're consistent. It wasn't just like one pretty good season. Like, I need to see that Kansas is going to be good back-to-back -back years. And B I, I think that BYU will be juiced for this game because it's the Big 12 opener. So I, I like BYU's chances to go in and compete and win this game. I do too, but I have it way higher in the okay. list. I state what mine is, right? No, wait, I oh, got a guess. Oh, you guess. That's right. I'm I got, gonna, I got okay, a okay. guess. Uh, and I just told you it was higher. Well, you did, but I... <laughs> but not hell high. Uh, <laughs> all right. I am going to guess <laughs> that you put Kansas at number five. Oh, I dang have, it. I have it. I'm at three, bro. Three? I, here's why. It, when was Kansas awesome last year? At the beginning. True. They were the first four games. They were amazing. What game is this for Kansas? This is the fourth game. This is the fourth. Jaden Dan, this is the home opener. This is Kansas going, welcome to the Big 12. We're going to give you a piece of humble pie. And BYU's got to show up, and they've got to they play this potent okay. offense. they okay. got to play the Big 12 offensive player of the year. they got to play the number one QBR quarterback in the country. Jane Daniels and what if BYU can outscore Kansas, great. But I think this is a tougher game than you think. I put it number three. Number three. Okay, okay. so I had number seven. You okay. number three. Cincinnati on Friday, September 29th. What do you think I have, Matt? Number nine. Based on things you said in the past, this is the easiest game you have for BYU. Number nine. Give me a hit on the cruiser, please. <laughs> no. Eight. Number eight. I'm at eight because I have someone else, obviously, at nine. But, uh, yeah, Cincinnati at eight. There's no way BYU lose this game. Too much juice in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Think Baylor 21. Think or, or 22. Think Utah 21. Okay. No way BYU lose this game. That's why I said number nine because you're like, <laughs> there's no way BYU is going to lose yeah, Cincinnati yeah. at home. You've been adamant about that. So yes. I thought, okay, he's going to put But that I have in someone nine. worse than Cincinnati. Okay. Yeah, All right. Where, where did I put Cincinnati? I, I think you have them at seven. Okay. I, I do. Here we go. Jer are we going to have a connection here? Jerem guesses Cincinnati 8. The bombs are away. Oh. <laughs> Nobody's hitting anything. Oh, you okay. had kids at 7. Yes. I'm not even paying attention. Yeah. you got to know your board, man. Yeah, okay. you got to know your board. Okay, i got to pay attention. That's Cincinnati, Cincinnati at number 8. <laughs> okay, so I agree with you, apparently. Yes. We both have the Bearcats with the C. At 8, okay. Not, not the yeah. Bearcats of Sam Houston State. It doesn't mean it's Cincinnati an easy game. Bearcats. No. It just means it's easier. There are no easier games. the field. I tend to agree with you. Okay. Um, 
Cincinnati is walking into a hornet's nest of sorts at Lavelle Edwards Stadium with that being the Big 12 They've home been here before. On a Friday night. But not this version of BYU. Like this, yeah. this is going to be a special atmosphere for, yeah. for Lavelle Edwards Stadium and BYU fans. Like There's so much juice in the stadium. Cincinnati's rebuilding in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah, it's uh, not the Cincinnati team. That no, this is a very different team from what they were two years ago. I have them at number eight. So Unlike you and I agree shows, on that. I'm going to start to pay attention now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> He gets number seven. All right, TCU. TCU. October 1st. So BYU has a bye week. Yes. They take on the Horned Frogs after the bye week, yes. which is probably good. You're taking yes. on the defending national runners-up in Sunny Dykes on October 14th, and it's in Dallas-Fort Worth, Jerem. So where did I put TCU in my list? Three. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Drop the bomb on number two. Oh. oh, it was number two. two. You said three. So I have at TCU oh. as number two. Interessante. Yes, I do like that there is a bye week there. And I, I feel like BYU a will. Brutal October. Oh, my gosh. They need it to get ready to run through October and November. I want BYU to win one game in October. It like starts at TCU. Right now. That's a very difficult place to play. Yeah. And and listen, I know that TCU was picked to finish fifth in the conference. I There's a chance they could be third or fourth again. Like they, they're really good. Their recruiting was really good this offseason. I know they lost a ton, but they they bring back you, a lot you too. You win a playoff game, you go to the national title yes. game, you get on the board. They got People some know studs you. that played in the yes. college football playoff last year back on this team. They got transfers like everybody else. And it's good. on the road and I'm gonna wait. They might win the league. Who knows? More difficult on the road. Yeah. So yeah, I had them at number two. You were close there. Okay. Uh you have at TCU oh my gosh. What do they do? Something like this? Is that what they do? I don't know. Okay, you guessed number three. I'm going to say you have TCU at number three as well. Interesting. No, you have Kansas number three. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I wasn't paying attention to the stupid board. I got it. Yes. I, okay. I agree with you. All the things you said. Okay, Texas Tech, October 21st, homecoming. Okay. What do I have Tech at? They're a really good team. I'm going to say you put them at number two. Texas Tech at number two. Mm. Come on, baby. I guessed TCU too, but I was wrong. Therefore, oh, dang. I can't admit it. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm at five, Spence. I'm at five. Um, really good team. They don't play well as a front runner, though. So I'm not sure how they're going to handle success. Okay. So I have them sort of like good, but fifth okay. in this league. Okay. Fifth is still good in this league, trust me. Okay, Texas fifth. Tech for you. Fifth. Texas Tech for you. Based on your reaction right there, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, you're, you think Texas Tech's a fraud. You have them at nine. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> you have them three. Okay. Dang it. They're picked to win the league by a lot of people. I'm buying I, Texas Tech stock I'm for not. sure. I think they won't function well as a, as a front runner. Oh, really? I think they function way better, like BYU. As an underdog. Okay. But once they win a couple of games, it's going to be different. Okay. Yeah. Okay, moving on. <laughs> At Texas, October 28th, the return to Austin. Taysom and Bevo reunited in a way. Okay, we'll play that clip a billion times as we push forward to that game. Um, At Texas, I think you have put this as the toughest game on the schedule. Mm. Number one. Please be right. Yes, finally. finally. Somebody hit and I, the and I think battleship. Have, and I think you have Texas at one as well. All right. Does Jeremy answer back? 
Yes, Yay. you do. Okay. Got one. We both agree the toughest game <laughs> at like me Texas, fishing. October 28th. Just barely got one. I'm having visions of what Alabama ran into last year in, you know, Daryl K. Royal Memorial yeah. Stadium. Yeah. Granted, the yeah. juice won't be as high for BYU, but I don't know, may, no. maybe because there is a history there and BYU has had Texas's card. I mean, it's been nine years, but, like, they remember the white dude in the knee break. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that guy. Okay. How can you forget can that you forget? guy? Uh, okay, Toughest at game. West Virginia, hanging out with my uh, sister this weekend from West Virginia. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Shout out to Peterstown. Uh, November 4th. I think you have West Virginia at 13. <laughs> you think it's the easiest game? You got them at number nine? Or sorry. Uh, yeah, there's 14 teams. We're only talking about nine. Um, <laughs> I think you have them at... No, no. I sorry. Four, that's not even a number available here. Uh, six. <laughs> okay. Six. At West Virginia, number six. At West Virginia, number six. Jerem go back Hit to me. back hits. Hit me. Back to back hits. Oh, oh man! If it was back to back, you made a cruiser. Okay. I got West Virginia at number five. The East Coast trip yeah. is so tough for BYU historically speaking. You that team's really got to stink for BYU to roll in there and just like own them. And BYU is going there the week after they have to play Texas in Austin. That's a trap game. West Virginia is a trap game like, based on the week before. Like you get up for Texas and like you lay it all out on the field. October's and, brutal. Right? Yeah. So then you got to come back and regroup in Provo for a couple of days. And then you have to make the longest trip of the season to Morgantown the week yeah. after you take on Texas. Throw in the history of BYU not playing well on the East Coast. And this feels like it's going to be an afternoon game. Yeah. And which we, does we, not bode well for we BYU say either. Eastern time zone. Okay. They're not in, remotely close to the coast. But, um, yeah, Eastern time zone. Yeah. It's a two-hour difference. If it's an afternoon game and it's East Coast the week after Texas, that's why I have it at number it's a five. Tough sort of formula for BYU pre six p.m. Yes, BYU's about a just a little above five hundred. Right, because people are like, yeah. "Well, West Virginia's picked to finish last in the conference. Why would you?" It's all context it's, and based on it's like not a neutral site or a home game. Like if it was a home game, maybe this would for be sure. Nine. This for sure. Would it could be, be eight nine. or nine. Yeah, yeah. eight or nine. Yeah. But like this, the road trip and when it happens. It absolutely matters. That's why. And I how five. is BYU in terms of health at this point after October? You've you've had five P five games suddenly. Six yeah. at that point already. Yes. Yes. Six. Yeah. In a row. That's really tough. That BYU's never played six in a row. Okay. I'm having a hard time remembering where all of your picks have gone. So I did this thing where I wrote them down. <laughs> <laughs> like where you put everything. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna guess you have West Virginia. At number six. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. Good pick. Oh, I was good close. enough. I was close. It was at seven. Dang it. Yeah, I, okay. I do think, um, I believe all the things that you said as well. Okay. I just think, all things considered, the team, West Virginia, is not as good, and that BYU, that is the third easiest game on the schedule. Okay. But I don't think it's easy by any means. I just think it's easier. Okay. You know, the first six. All right. Okay, uh, Iowa State, November 11th. Uh, this is the penal ultimate home game. You have Iowa State at six. Okay. Yeah. Bombs away. Yeah. Bombs away. Unless this is nine. Oh, it's nine. It's okay. nine. And I'm going to guess that with everything For that's you. going on in Ames, oh. everything that's going on in Ames, a bunch of players being suspended, scandal. your starting quarterbacks Easiest in big game. trouble. Wow. It is number nine. Mm. It is number nine. Yes. Jerem, are you at number nine? Do you agree with me? Yes. yes because of all the drama, how do yes. you overcome that? No, I don't think Iowa State's that good. 
Um, and Cincinnati is better to me. Um, and so that's why. I okay. Yeah, so I guess Cincinnati at nine because you had been at like, no way BYU yeah. was that game. I do think Iowa State is a worse team. But than right now, Despite yes. the rebuild. But yeah, there's a lot. Like, what's Hunter Decker's going to do? Or is he going to play? Like, oh what's the sitch? He led the Big 12 in interceptions, by the way, last year. Like, he throws a lot of picks. That Jay Hill's like, please, let's go. What the heck does Matt Campbell do to try and, like, bring some some sort of balance to everything that's just out of control right now around that program? And it's all retroactive, so it's hard to sort it's of brutal. reel that in, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, November 18th. Yes. I think you have them at four. This is did Jerem Jerem hit the mark on OU? Yep. Yes, you yeah. did. Yeah. Two hits to two hits. Wait, yeah. Okay. Where do you? Where do I have them? You put Oklahoma as well at number four. You did that. Well done. Come I, on! I'm still intimidated by the brand. Uh huh. I'm still like uh-huh. I see Oklahoma. I see the Sooner Schooner, and I'm like, that team's good. Even yeah. though last year they weren't that good. They're ranked in the preseason, Jerem. Of course. Everybody they are. else it's is OU, buying into it's OU. Jump man. It's all that stuff. Okay. Can they figure it out in year two on offense? Sorry, defense. On defense, they were terrible. Offense, they were just fine. But typically, they're like elite offense. Yes. And they lost a ton of NFL talent, especially on the O-line. They lost two or three starters there. <laughs> Still a tough game, man. Still a tough game. And is BYU beat up? Is BYU beat up on uh, November 18th? I think they will be. Can yes. they sustain it with the depth? Dylan Gabriel is going to have plenty of weapons to throw to. Like, the offense did enough last year for Oklahoma to, like, win a bunch of games, but their defense was abysmal. Yeah, they were terrible. terrible. Which was wild, given that Brent Venables was unbelievable. At yes, he's defense. a defensive guru. So what happened? Like, he thought, yeah, we can maintain the O, but Lincoln Riley, obviously, his imprint on that offense was, was lost when he went to USC. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm buying stock that Brent Venables is going to have a much better defense this year. But will it be an 8-4-ish kind of? Maybe. Better because they were Maybe. six and seven, I believe. I don't. Th- I don't know that they're a top three team in the Big Twelve right now. I don't think so. Which is why I put they it get, number they're four. They're in show me mode, or I'm in show me mode with them. Like a li- a I've got to see it. Yes, because you were so bad defensively last year. Okay, so I have three hits. You have two, and we have one game left. Yeah, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, and yeah. I think the only spot you have left open is number is at number six. Is it? Yeah. Are you sure about that? <laughs> Please be right. Yes. <laughs> and six is the spot for you as well. Yeah, I six is the spot. So Jerem's going to so get a hit as well. Four three, four, three in Battleship. <laughs> okay, how did, we, how did we compare here? We both had Texas at one. Yes. We both had TCU at two. Yes. I had Kansas three, uh, Texas Tech. We both had Oklahoma at four. Uh-huh. I had West, uh, you had West Virginia at five. I had Tech. We both had Oklahoma State at, at six. Uh, you you had uh, I have Kansas at seven and you I had West so that's, Virginia. That's the biggest difference. And then Iowa, uh, Cincinnati, Iowa State. So we actually had seven of the nine the same. Is that what I just jotted down? Exactly the same. Wow. Okay, so we we disagree on Let's get some diversity on Kansas this. and Texas Tech primarily. Well, West Virginia was off too. No, so like we had okay. differences in West Virginia. So there are three teams and we there disagree. Are three whole teams. Yeah, West Virginia. I have a little bit higher at number five because of the whole. Eastern time zone road trip following Texas scenario. Yeah. yeah. And then you're not buying Texas Tech as much as I am. No, I, well, I still think they're, I still think they're good. I had them at five. Yeah, I got them at number three. And then five out of four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On our, uh, yeah. Kansas is the big swing. Looks like you've got a road game at Kansas tougher than Oklahoma and Provo, which is very interesting. 
Yes, right? I think because the first, and yes. I'm, I'm, that offense is really good. Yeah. And, it, again, BYU's breaking in a new defense. That's only game four. I don't know what Oklahoma State's going to be either. Like, if you told me, like, Hard hey, who wins a game between Oklahoma State and Kansas, neutral site, I was like, I'd probably still give the edge to Oklahoma State. I would Kansas right now, given the offense, given Jaden Daniels. Uh, Oklahoma State lost a lot of weapons. And they weren't very good last year, and they lost their quarterback. And that was with Spencer Sanders. Yeah. With uh, Ole Miss. Yeah. So maybe I'm putting too much stock into Oklahoma State at six, especially over Kansas. I don't know. We'll see. But they always make a bowl game. That, they, never, they, a, they never miss never a bowl game. They never miss a bowl game under, uh, under old Mike Gunn. All right. Where do you rank uh, the Sam Houston State game in uh, all of BYU's games? Number, number 11? Well, second easiest. <laughs> when does that game happen again? Countdown to the Bearcats. 18 days. 18, man. Yeah, I'm glad I'm you like sang right that with me because Dave McCann just stared at me yesterday. Like I did it, and he was just like, nope, not doing it. And he's like, oh, 18 days, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Dave. <laughs> Warm up them pipes. Uh, <laughs> 18 days away. Two and a half weeks until the I game. Oh, exciting, right? Begin. Yes. Let's go. Yes. We got women's soccer this week. Let's go. First Big 12 official contest happens from women's soccer. Against the Billikens. St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, it's Shout not a Big Rick, 12 game, but it's the first game of any BYU team as a member of the Big 12. We'll it's celebrate all of them. Not man. an exhibition. All, all them bumps. All we those firsts. Yes. It. Our question of the day. How would you rank the three toughest Big 12 games on BYU's football schedule? So, just to recap, Jerem had Texas TCU and Kansas, and, and I have third. Texas TCU and Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. At Jordan Brady on X Answers, I'd have to say number one is at TCU. Here we okay. have that number two. Okay. Coming off a trip to the national yep. championship, Horned Frog is going to be tough. Number sure. two at Texas. If they really are back, <laughs> this will be a hard game to win. It's going to be like tough anyway. If, yeah, the, the teams that BYU beat in 13 and 14 are not this version that we're going to see this year. Now, this is interesting. Number three at Oklahoma State. Last game of the season on the road. It's Thanksgiving weekend. I did put some stock into the whole Thanksgiving thing like that. Sometimes that can be tough, especially if you have to travel. Like Oklahoma State gets to be home for yep. Thanksgiving, and yep. then they just play the game. But yep. You always got to travel during Thanksgiving weekend. That can be that can be tricky. It's hard. To, yes, it's hard to know what Oklahoma State is. How will BYU handle a compelling game that week? Granted, they took care of Stanford last year. Stanford wasn't good, but Oklahoma State might be in the same spot where it's like, okay, yeah, we're struggling. Didn't make a bowl game. How motivated are we? But yeah, Turkey Day kind of you run into that a little bit, where it's like BYU's not going to travel until probably Friday morning, yeah. I would assume. And what's what's you you practice on Thanksgiving Day, but it's a hard day to sort of focus. What are the parameters of that game? What if Oklahoma State is five and six and BYU's five and six? Then it's now you're big playing time. for a boy. Now it's just like oh my gosh, everything's on the line. You're playing for Shreveport. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Or they're both bowl eligible, and maybe Oklahoma State's just like, meh. Uh, they're, they're six and five, and BYU six and five, and uh, it's a Big Twelve game. Will BYU be more motivated than the average Big Twelve team because it's first year Big Twelve, Probably. and trying to get to bowl game later in the season? Like, or is that a safe assumption? Is that just is more that urgency? Too ambitious of a thought? I, I don't know. I don't. It's it's a fair question. Yeah. Hashtag BYUSN to join the conversation on X, Facebook, and Instagram. I'm still getting used to the whole X thing. Yeah, I know. If you want to hear guys that won't sing, after further reviews, tomorrow night at 7 Eastern. 18 days. Meet the, me, the players. Tomorrow night, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Dave, Blaine, David. They will sing the song of football, though, in the X's and O's. 
Get to know the team a little bit better tomorrow night. No, it's tonight. It's AFR Tuesday. It's Tuesday. I miss Monday. I'm in Monday mode. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's all tonight. good. It's all good. <laughs> Up next, take an inside look at BYU's revamped defensive line with one of the guys we think is going to have a breakout season, Isaiah Banya. One-on-one -on -one at Photo Day. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B alongside Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton. We now officially welcome into the Cougar Council Room assistant coach <laughs> Nick Robinson of men's basketball. Hey, it's great to be here and a part of the council. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Let us counsel, sir. <laughs> Good, sir, about the non-conference schedule that – We've been waiting around for, I know you were just like waiting on one piece and Cody Feger and you said a few weeks ago, we're just, we're just waiting on one piece, one piece. Well, you got it locked into place. Now you got 13 games. How are you feeling overall about the entirety of the non-conference slate for BYU? Yeah, we're super excited about the non-conference schedule. Number one, right, we've got nine home games. Um, you know, we traveled to Salt Lake City twice, one to play at Utah and then one to play at the Delta Center uh, versus Fresno State. And then we're in Vegas. So the opportunity to have Cougar Nation, right, fill the stands for nine home games oh, man. Um, is going to be fantastic as we head into the Big 12. Was that always the plan, putting this schedule together to have that many home games, or is that just the way it worked out? You know, as we move into the Big 12, we've shifted a little bit to want more home games as opposed to, right, neutral, right, yeah. uh, high-quality games. And so, um, you know, to be able to get quality games in the Marriott Center is really the goal at this point in time. And so, you know, for us to be able to have the non-conference schedule that we uh, were able to come up with this year uh, actually will give us a great preparation uh, for scheduling into the future as well as, go as we go into the Big 12 this season. All right, let's walk through this schedule game by game and do this uh, in a chronological approach but it starts on November 6th and we, Jason and I were joking when we first saw this I saw that husky pop up and I was like UConn? UConn. <laughs> it's not UConn. <laughs> what? You're playing in the Big 12? You play UConn in San Diego State to open? The two teams? No, it's Houston Christian. But still, November 6th, uh, it's a date that everybody on your team and the staff's going to have circled. It's just the, the official tip-off. Um, followed by San Diego State. What do you think of the two, the opening two games at the Marriott Center there in early November? Yeah, for the first week, right, to open the season, it's going to give us a great opportunity to, one, get on the floor, right, and compete versus Houston Christian in preparation, right, for San Diego State, right, who was a Final Four team last year. Every, every game that we've had uh, in the series that we've had with them has been right down to the wire. So uh, it's a great start to, to our week and, and to our, our – uh, uh, schedule. We were talking about this at the beginning of the show. You know, not only is there history between BYU and San Diego State being in the same conference forever, but you know, as you mentioned it, the fact that you guys have continued to play each other, that's really important to have them on the schedule. That has turned out to be a really good series, regardless of where that game has been played. Yeah, San Diego State has been right fantastic over the years. Uh, but as a quad one, which we'll probably get into a little bit later, it's really a barometer for where we are right early on in the season. And so uh, it's going to be a super exciting game. You take on Southeastern Louisiana on November 15th and then Morgan State, and then it's the multi-team event in the Vegas Showdown where you get Arizona State for sure, which 
is a Big 12 preview soon now. To, soon to be conference okay. opponent. Right? Which so, is <laughs> <laughs> just crazy, crazy, but super fun. And then you get either North Carolina State or Vanderbilt. This is the only trip you make outside of the state in non-conference. Yeah, no, it's unique that it worked out that way. Uh, but we're excited to be able to go right to Vegas for the Vegas showdown, uh, you know, with one of the ESPN events and to have, uh, you know, the quality of teams there. Um, you know, again, future Big 12, um, Vanderbilt, right, uh, North Carolina State, again, will give us a nice, right, uh, checkpoint, uh, you know, through the non-conference schedule of where we are as we head into the Big 12. I know Coach Pope has talked a lot about the importance of those MTEs and, and what that does for a team. What, what's, what are the benefits of those types of events? You know, each year, right, depending on where you travel to and the teams that are in the multi-team event, it provides you, right, especially our team, okay, how are we going to handle, right, game one of a tournament-like setting, Yeah. right? You know, we've got the Big 12 tournament and, you know, potentially the NCAA tournament way down the road, and this is the one opportunity that you gain, right, to have NCAA tournament teams in the non-conference in a tournament setting. It is like that That week is essentially the neutral site week because then you come back and you take on Fresno State at the home of the Utah Jazz, the Delta Center before you host Evansville, and then the rivalry game at Utah on December 9th. Now, I mentioned only one trip outside of the state, only one true road game. How much of that was calculated because you know the Big 12 schedule is going to be so difficult. Yeah, I mean, in talking with Coach Pope as we looked at what the Big 12 schedule is going to be, right? So, for example, right, we had 13, right, total quad one and quad two games last year. Total quad one and total, quad two. Quad one and quad two, the entire season, right? This year, right, we're projected to have 14 total, right, quad one, one. games. Yeah, not oh two, right? Goodness. You know, 12 in league, two in nine conference with another seven, right? So a total of 21 quad one and quad two. And so the importance of being able to be in the Marriott Center, to have Cougar Nation, to have the rock, to have that advantage, whether that's altitude or whatever it might be, right, is really, really important for Coach Pope and all of our fans, wow. right, to be able to experience that and to be able to put our team, right, in situations over and over again, right? Because when we get to Big 12 play, right, you want to win at home yeah. as much as possible. Well, and then after Utah, you, you wrap things up all at home. Denver, Georgia State, Bellarmine, and then Wyoming is the final non-conference game. By the game. way, and is that's it Bellarmine, by the way? Is, it, is that how you say it? Bellarmine? Bellarmine? Might be Bellarmine. Bellarmine, yeah. Bellarmine. Yeah. okay. The E at the end might threw be men, me. right? The, the, the E at the end <laughs> threw me off. Is it mine or is it mean? Okay, but regardless. Out of Louisville. Out of Louisville, Kentucky. We looked it up. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll check chat GBT. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As you look at the final four of the non-conference slate, uh, how do you feel about the ramp up into Big 12 play with those four? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's unique about the Big 12 play compared to the West Coast Conference was right now we'll have in non-conference either two games a week or one game a week. So as we get to the you know, into December, right, there's two opportunities for us to have one game, right, a week. And so that uh, opportunity to be able to rest, recover, right, really focus in on those scouting opportunities, right, will prepare us both physically, mentally, right, as we head into the Big 12 uh, gauntlet, right, of a schedule. For what it's worth, I love the, the, the layout 
the fact that you don't have to travel a ton, knowing like the the, the and then this is just like the BYU basketball support and fan in me speaking, where it's like I like this, gives you a chance to ramp up, and then then you take on what's just going to be an unbelievably entertaining and as Coach Pope called it, terrifying <laughs> Big Twelve <laughs> schedule. Uh, we'll finish with this: you're headed to Italy and Croatia with the team, and you got new dress, director of basketball ops, Nate Austin, that you're taking with you. Is this the best upgrade ever for an, a, an ops guy to show up, take the job, and then go to Italy, Croatia? <laughs> Is there anything better than that? Well, I mean, we are, we are so fortunate, right, to be able to have the staff changes that we've had right throughout this summer, and so you know, the ten practices that we've been able to experience over the last three weeks has really been the most important thing, right, for everybody that's joining the staff, um, for us to be able to to prepare our team, right, for a great trip. Um, you know, we talk about the non-conference schedule, but this trip as well is super important, right, for camaraderie, right, for, you know, what culture Coach Pope, right, desires from all of us as we head into this new season. It's such an exciting time, but yes, super excited to go to Italy, super excited to go to Croatia, super excited to play some games and have some fun. It's going to be fantastic. Do you have any room on the plane? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> sure there's any room left on the plane. Hey, look, I'm going to shoot my shot, coach. You know what hey, I mean? It was worth a shot. It was worth a shot. Okay. <laughs> I airballed it, but it's fine. It's fine. Oh, good. Nick, thanks for hanging out with us. Guys, thank you so much. Really appreciate you it. We're super excited for you. Thank you. All right, after further review, returns next week for the second edition of Meet the Players. Join Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon as they break down the best plays from impact players such as Ben Bywater, Max Tooley, and more. Be sure to watch the brand new episode next Tuesday at 7 Eastern time on the BYU TV app. We asked you this last week. We're going to follow up again today. How would you really feel about a future Big 12 foe as BYU's bowl game opponent? Tell me how you really feel. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B on a Friday jam-packed show today, and let's keep things moving right along as we welcome in Seth Killingbeck, the Vice President of Events and Experience for the BYU Alumni Association. I mentioned before the break, if there's a big party happening on the road somewhere and there's a, a massive BYU tailgate, Seth, you are very heavily involved in that, and it is no small feat to put together those parties. You know, I have the luxury of seeing you at these events and, like, seeing you run, run around and fight out the sweat and the stress. Like, what's it like to be in your position as BYU moves into the Big 12 and you handle this stuff? Man, it's exciting. First of all, let me say thank you for having me on this morning, and thank you for what you do for BYU Sports Nation. Our motto for the Alumni Association is connected for good, and you guys do an incredible, you have a, a big role in keeping us connected for good across the country, so thank you. Yeah. And can I say thank you to my wife for letting me be here? She's yes, back in Nashville please. taking care of yes, everything. Yes, So I can hear Gretchen with that. Gretchen, yeah, well, lead up to the best part, right? <laughs> Gretchen's a big part of this, Gretchen too, Gretchen is a big sure. part of this. She keeps everything going while, and lets me come on the road and do this, but anyway. Um, I forgot your question now. No, just how, how, is it, how is your role shifting now that BYU is in the Big 12? Like, have you noticed an uptick in people wanting to be involved, in, especially in road trips? Yeah, absolutely. We're getting questions before, you know, before the, the season tickets were even on sale. People were wanting to know where are the tailgates, what's going to go on, how can I get involved? You know, we've got donors wanting to help out and be part of this. We've got just a lot of cool stuff going on. And it started 
I don't know, nine years ago when BYU came out to MTSU, that's, that was my first involvement. Yes. And we had, uh, I mean, you're the one that kicked all this off, right? Yes. They were small tailgates. They said plan for two to 300 people. And we had about 2,500. That, that was, was the amazing. game. <laughs> if you remember that, that was after BYU was on a four-game losing streak. Yes. Taysom had gone down to Utah State. 10,000 BYU fans showed up at this game. At MTSU, middle of nowhere, Tennessee. Sorry to those in Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro, yes. Yeah. And uh, freezing cold. It was awful, miserable weather. And they came out in droves. And BYU won. And it started uh, a four-game win streak. Yeah. And then fast forward, we went to Knoxville back in 2019. And that was a special environment, a special tailgate party. That was awesome. We had a lot of fun with that one. We, uh, we got the National Parks to come out and play a concert again. Spencer was out there. I mean, that's the highlight, right? We just tell them Spencer's coming. And, and then they turn flock. Out, turn out in droves. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they, they, look, you got you to go with what, uh, what gets them Seth, out, Seth, you right? were doing so well until you just told a blatant lie on national television. <laughs> so what's, what's on tap for this year? What, what can you tell us about this year's events? I think if you were in Knoxville or saw what happened there or some of the ones in the last couple of years, I think you're going to see that maybe bigger, probably, hopefully better. And that was 5,000 plus, right, in Knoxville? Yeah, at the tailgate. At the I mean, tailgate. We had... We had 10, 15,000 fans in the, in the stadium. I remember yes. that was awesome when, uh, when Tyson Williams scored that touchdown in a double overtime. That was nuts. It was like being in Provo almost. It was Wild. so loud, the BYU chants and everything. So you, f- you feel like the, in Fayetteville, like that's SEC. I know it's non-com, but like when yeah. you get to Austin and yeah. you know, even Lawrence and Kansas, you feel like it's going to be more geared toward what you had in Knoxville. Absolutely. Yeah, there's so much excitement from fans and alumni uh, going out to, to all of these big 12 cities. You know, I mean, that's, that's football country, uh, a lot of this. And so they're excited. We, um, you know, when, when we do these, we've got three main goals in mind. We want to connect with our alumni, so we want to throw a big party. We want to bring in live music. We want to have good barbecue. We want to have, you know, we want fans to feel like they're in Provo for a home game when they come to these things. And so we have a great time with that connecting with our alumni. We want to connect with students. And so all of the money that we raise from these tailgates goes to fund scholarships for local students from that area who are coming to BYU. Hmm. And so there's a lot of money that comes out of those uh, that we're able to give back to students. And then our third big thing is we want to connect with the community. And that's something that's been growing. And that's something we're really excited about for this year. The last couple of years, you know, every tailgate we've had uh, a service component to it. Awesome. And so uh, this year we've got them lined up already uh, with each of the cities, you know, uh, and we're excited. It's local alumni chapters, local alumni leaders that are, that are putting these together and we're kind of helping coordinate on a national level. That's so cool. And different things that you're donating at each of these different road trips. Yeah, that's right. We're doing anything from a couple of book drives in conjunction with the David O. McKay School of Education. And in some instances, collaborating with the university, you know, the hometown university. Yeah. And those were, um, one of them were gathering uh, athletic equipment for uh, a couple of organizations, one of which I believe benefits some refugees that have come into the, to the country. So we're, we're excited to, to, to do something good in the community. Great stuff. We'll finish with this. If people want to get more involved, what's the fastest and simplest way to get involved? Yeah, go to alumni.byu.edu. Um, check it out. Talk to, talk to your local alumni chapter. If you don't know who that is, contact the, the folks in Provo. Go on the website and they'll get you hooked up. They're always looking for help. They're looking for people with energy. And, uh, and just come out to the game, come out to the tailgate, and have a good time. That's what we want. Simple enough. Seth, it's great to have you in Studio B. And thanks to Gretchen.
again, yeah, absolutely. allowing yeah. you to be Shout out here <laughs> yeah, as you put together these incredible events and uh, these great efforts. Thank you for your time. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Seth. All right. After a 3-2 win over 21st-ranked St. Louis last night, number 13 BYU Women's Soccer back in action tomorrow night hosting Cal State Fullerton. You can check it out at 9 Eastern time on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. You know, Jason, there's only one proper way to open this whole Big 12 campaign, and that is part of our Rise and Shout Out next. I like it. This is BYU Sports Nation. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. A man amongst men three times. BYU comes back with an answer. Down Welcome back to BYU Sports Station, live from Studio B. Now it's the basketball segment. Yeah. Let's just call it the, bas the, the basketball official segment. basketball segment. Let's do it. Coming off that scrimmage, Dave. This Italy trip is so important yeah. for this basketball team. I got 10 days and a handful of games to kind of come together as a, as a reworked squad uh, before their biggest challenge in the history of the program in the Big 12. I had a chance to visit with Dallin Hall right after the scrimmage on Friday. August basketball, there's, there's something special about it. This is early for you as you get ready for the trip. Uh, how's the team? The team's good. We're meshing. We're uh, having fun together. We're getting better every day, and I think we're starting to see the results pay off. Um, we're excited to play some games together. How different of a ball player are you from year one to now starting year two? What do you think? Um, I'm, I've definitely grown a lot. I tried to keep those things that made me who I am and then add on to those skills. And so I've seen a lot of personal growth this year, and the guys have asked me to be a little bit more of a leader and to be assertive, and so I'm trying to fulfill that role. And, um, yeah, a lot of personal growth because of the guys behind me and the coaching staff. Does the game slow down a little bit, kind of like a, a quarterback who has experience, a point guard who now has a, a second year coming? Yeah, for sure. The more film I watch, the more reps I get. Um, as I've got my legs back from the mission like everything has started to slow down a little bit um and yeah it's just it's a process like quarterback like you're saying it's with time your coach was talking a moment ago about how important this trip is to europe as far as bonding this team and the togetherness will be the key coming for the big 12 so how important is that for the point guard <laughs> that's super huge um i feel you know kind of an obligation to be there for the guys to bring us together me and trey stewart He's been a huge leader, a huge voice for this team. We've been trying to talk about how we can make sure we have a lot of fun and really make the most of this time to come together as a team. When the schedule matrix came out and you saw who was coming and where you're going in this Big 12, and everyone knows how challenging the Big 12 is, but, but how eager is this team to go measure up? We're super pumped, you know. Uh, we don't pay too much attention to what other people are saying, but obviously some of it reaches us, and we don't care um, where people place us. We know what we're capable of. We've been working hard, and we're excited to go out there and prove everyone wrong. Cougar Nation and the Marriott Center, uh, how important is it for that place to help you win games? It's huge. That was probably my favorite thing at, of coming to BYU is having that fan base, having that crowd. Uh, we need them to show out every game for us because – you know, a lot of those teams, they played in big environments, but this is one of the best in the country, and so we need that advantage every night. This trip coming up, what are you looking forward to seeing the most? 
Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Maybe Lake Como. Shout out to my Star Wars fans. There's a scene in Star Wars from that. That's what you want to see? Yes, sir. Crescent Josic, his legacy is going to be front and center for this team. Um, and your folks know of Kresha Merchosic. Uh, this generation of ballplayers may not, but this trip will, will fill in the gaps. Yeah, no, we actually had a history lesson a little bit, learned a little bit more about him, just basketball in general in that area, in that region, and what he did for the game. And so obviously that's been passed down to us. We're super appreciative for those guys who've made the game of basketball a better place. And he also did a lot for the country and for that area. So. We're excited to see some of the impact that he had on that region. Have a great trip, and when you get back, it's Big 12 full-time, right? Full-time, baby. We're excited. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. It is Dallin Hall's show to run as the point guard, especially with the transfer out of Quez Glover. Hey, look. You know what I'm just saying? He's going to probably play 36 minutes a game. As important as it is for Keaton Slovis yeah. to stay healthy. Dallin Hall. Just as important for Dallin Hall. Absolutely. I'm guessing that Fusini Traore will probably play about 36 minutes a game as well, if not more. He's been BYU center the past two seasons, but now he moves into the Big 12 with some help from Ali Khalifa as well, and he's got to adjust to that, having another big man in the mix. Here's Blaine Fowler with Fusini Traore. Fusit, a little different this season. You're not one of the young guys anymore, and you've had to take a leadership role. What's this offseason been like with the new players and the young guys looking to you for leadership? Has it felt different in any way? Oh, yeah, for sure it feels super different, you know. It's actually weird if I think about it. I'm already a junior, you know, but I'm super excited, you know. Like, I feel like we've been growing a lot, you know, and I feel like the team is even more together now, you know, like we're super close. And whenever, like, you guys see today, like, scrimmage, you know, like, we play like we don't even know each other. I feel like that's, a, that's big time, you know. And I feel like we're going to be able to do that when we play against different teams. In, in this offseason, you're preparing for a brand new league, for the Big 12. Have you felt that? And what's it been like knowing you're going into a new league, the best league in college basketball in America? Yeah, for sure, we've been feeling like even like the coaches, you know, they're always going hard on us, you know. You say like, this, this a new league is not compared to any other league we ever play, you know. He said we always have to do the right thing. Like you just like next, like just move on to the next, you know. And we always have to be stay focused, you know. And I feel like that's gonna help us a lot. What have you focused on as a team? Uh, is there an area that you felt like, wow, we've got to get better in this area if we're gonna compete in this new league? Um, and and have you made progress in a specific area that you think will help this for this next season? Oh yes, for sure. Because last year we couldn't take care of a boy, you know. Like there was a lot of turnovers. But these are our number one focus is to get, take care of the boy, you know, like no turnovers, make sure and guard your yard, you know, that's for sure. And especially rebounding, you know, that's our main four focus, like always, you know, for sure. Number one is protect the ball. In, in your game individually, uh, what have you focused on in the offseason and tried to improve the most on in your game? Well, I'm working on shooting. That's for sure. Number one and the second one just protect the boy, you know. Because last year there was a lot of double team, a lot of turnovers, you know. Just make a simple play. That's what I've been focused on, you know. Make a simple play. So if people are watching this 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 uh, as we get into the season, what what are they going to notice? Are they going to say, hey, this is different about Foose or this is different about Foose? What are they going to notice the most in your game? Well, they're going to say, well, maybe like I'm playing a little bit different. Like, no, just take all, this, all tough shot, you know, like 
if there is double team, just make a simple play, you know. And I believe so my team gonna make all the shot if they're wide open. So I'm excited about that, you know. There's there's some newcomers to the team via transfer portal. You have some guys that registered this last year. Um, Baker and Khalifa in particular come. What what do those two bring uh, to this team with chemistry and skill set that will help you as you go into the Big 12? Oh, for sure, I'm super excited for both of them, especially Ali. Ali, you know, I actually played against him seven years ago, you know, in the African Championships, you know. But we we like like we won that, you know. But I'm super excited for him. He's just like super different, you know. He can pass, he can shoot, he can do anything, you know. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah. So so let's talk about Ali a little bit. He he's six yeah. eleven. Um, he can handle the ball a little bit. He's a good passer. He can be out on the perimeter. Having him on the floor with you, what does that do for your game? Does that open up things for you? Yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. That's what I'm super happy about. You know, I feel like I will be able to be a little bit to to feel a little bit freedom, you know. And I feel like that's going to help me a lot too, especially on my game too, you know. So this team now getting prepared in this next week to head over to Europe uh, uh, to play. Mm -hmm. What are you hoping to accomplish as you head out as a team on this uh, this trip? Well, I'm excited so because we're all going to be together for like 10 days, you know. But for sure, the number one goal is always to go win all the four games, you know. That's the number one goal. If we can win that, we're going to have a lot of fun, you know. So win and have fun is is a good thing. Is there a particular thing that you guys are, are going to work on when you're when you're out on the road um, that, that you're trying to perfect to get ready for this next season? Oh well, we really haven't. I we just try like to see where we are, you know, and just compete and win all the four game, like I said, you know. I appreciate it. Have fun out there and uh, and stay safe. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have fun and win. That's a great combination. Yeah. <laughs> have fun and win. Yeah. Win and have fun. They, they're <laughs> interchangeable. <laughs> Don't they go hand in hand? For sure, <laughs> that winning is fun, and fun is winning. All right, uh, up next, a rising shout-out to an up-and-coming star in Los Angeles. Details on the way on BYU Sports Nation. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, on BYU TV and BYU Radio.